You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we just want to say welcome to the God Life Culture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that you are blessed by our conversation. If you are a returning listener, we want to say welcome back, and we hope that you've uh, caught up on our recent episodes, and uh, you've checked out all our reels on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, and we are just grateful that you come week after week and uh you listen to our conversations and we just hope that you are blessed by each and every one of them we want to remind you if you are not subscribed hit that subscribe button if you are watching us on youtube and are not subscribed hit the subscribe button hit the like button comment share do all of those things that help put our podcast in front of more people how are you feeling today feeling good i think it's good it's a good day it's a good day it's uh a day where we thank the Lord for it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like one of those days. Um, yeah. But I think overall, you know, it's... We're November, a few weeks, Thanksgiving is coming. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Christmas shopping Christmas. has started. If you are a planner, some people started in July. Listen, we um, talked about planning last week. Yes. So yes. schedule that time to... Yeah, this year we were not playing. We started getting people's like wish list ahead of time. Um, just in case. And I think that, you know, every year I, I always do this thing where I'm like, I don't think let's just tell everybody we're giving them like cards or something. Uh, but it never works out. You yeah. always wind up like seeing yeah, something that's for very, someone. Like, Scrooge like. Well, first of all, you don't know my financial situation. What if I don't have the 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 finances to get everybody stuff right but i know the god of the finances oh glory and i know what he can do (laughs) yeah no but i think that you know every once in a while you kind of like think about like maybe we'll show the downsides on like gifts and stuff like that and i've spoken about it on the pod before i like to give good gifts like i personally like to like give good and thoughtful gifts and then you know but sometimes you know things may be a little tighter during certain seasons and i Mm. and i think that that's something that people need to be respectful for with other people and is an understanding that this year you may just get a tin of cookies and it's not that i didn't think of you it's not that you weren't important to me it's just that unfortunately that's all that yeah people have sometimes the ability to give you it's weird because i just feel like i never when i receive gifts i'm Mm -hmm. not thinking about last year they gave me this this year they're giving me cookies yeah like it's just you know i think there are people that are like that yeah no for sure i think there you know there are people that like you know bake things and we'll give that out and i think mm. to me when it's those those things like i have you know she was the godmother one of the godmothers of my wedding yeah and uh she every year like you know for certain holidays bakes things and she'll write like a little note and mm. give it you know to us and i think that you know even those small things those yes. small gestures mean a lot and it's yeah, nice absolutely. you know and it's slamming you know yeah. what i mean so it's like i can get a gift that i may not like and yes. maybe like oh yeah. And then you get food or a snack that you're like, yes, you know, yes. like that rice pudding or that bread pudding or banana, banana pudding, yes. the flan, you know, all that stuff yes, that you're yes, just yes. like, yes, you know. Yeah. But anyways, you know, that's that's for a later episode. Yeah. We'll talk about all the like holiday and Christmas stuff. Today, we're going to be speaking about something. I mean, we've mentioned it a bunch of times. Yeah. The idea that we're both Sunday school teachers um, and kind of been doing that for 
quite a many years um you know and i think we'll we'll talk about that like when was your first year what was your first class and stuff like that uh but i think the idea of like sunday school bible study depending on how your church does it yeah you know there's a lot of churches that have moved away from the sunday school concept and they have like bible study like on a wednesday and just service on sundays they have like multiple services or like small group yeah they, they have, have small, small groups group. they do you know bible study yeah but regardless of what you call it bible study sunday school small group book club with the bible whatever it is that you call it um let's talk about the idea of is it important is it effective what can we do and all of that but for you i'll ask you when is you know when when you think of sunday school and you have to think back to like first memory do you have one like you can you go all the way back and be like i remember my first time in sunday school or my first sunday school teacher or my first this first time in sunday school as a student um yeah let's, let's do both Okay, so as a student, my earliest memory of Sunday school is in the storefront church that we had many, mm. many years ago. And it was actually the pastor's office at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a bunch of the kids. Like that's like my earliest memory of Sunday school. That was like the kids classroom. And there was a small, small screen TV, but the TV itself was huge and bulky. And um, I just remember that's where I was introduced to a lot of like the Bible cartoons yes. and animations, but like not even Veggie Tales, mm. like pre Veggie Tales, <laughs> like the Bible storybook, you know, mm. things that the animations are still very crusty and grainy, and you know, mm-hmm. um, VHS tapes. Yeah, VHS, yeah. and it makes me it makes me sound like I'm so old. Uh huh. Not even thirty, but anyway, um, the idea that uh, that's like my earliest memory, you know, and. Uh, I think through the years, I've really enjoyed Sunday school. Mm. I think that I always, it's funny because I was that kid that knew I wanted to be a teacher, Mm. like when I was five. So I remember, you know, being a Sunday school student, but always in my head, like desiring to be the teacher, Mm. (laughs) you know, or wondering like, you know, what would it be like to be the teacher? And I always had like that teacher mind, I think, you know, and then eventually I ended up being a teacher and I was still a teenager mm-hmm. and um you know i was teaching like the smaller kids and like would help out and then um i would say my first official class i was probably like 18 19 mm. um and then i started teaching like the preteen group yeah you know which is like uh 12 11 yes. 12 13 like that um age group and i really liked that and i taught that class for years mm. like yeah, I until recently, actually. Until like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I went on a hiatus. <laughs> we'll talk about hiatuses. We'll talk about hiatuses. <laughs> and, you know, uh-huh. um, I went on a hiatus, <laughs> but I'm back. Yeah, you're back. <laughs> and you're teaching what now? Adults. Yeah. Adults. Yeah. English adult class. The English adult class. Yeah. yeah. Our, our church is bilingual. So yes. we have a Spanish adult class and then an English yeah. adult class. And yeah, so tell me about your Sunday school experience. I think for me, I my what would be my earliest memory is only a memory because I have a picture of it. Mm. Um and it's and I believe it's even on my Instagram. Um, which is I guess parabulos, like whatever age grade that is. Can we talk about the names though? I mean, I don't I honestly I don't know what what American churches call that. So like you know, in uh you know, English speaking, right, predominantly English speaking churches, they'll 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 have like, you know, uh 
preteens or like mm-hmm. young adult or you know they'll come up with names maybe yeah, for their like tweens like or something tween, or like the world changer group uh. or like the <laughs> you know like different names for yeah. like the age groups right sometimes yes. they'll do it even by grade if there's a yes. lot of them in That's spanish true. you know pentecostal like church culture they're very fancy with the names yes. it's like principiantes superiores Primarios. superiores yeah. um juveniles yes jóvenes yes um Primarios and then palvulos. And palvulos. What's a palvulo? I have no idea. I just think that's just the age. Like, that's like no, early it elementary. Means something. It does. I don't know what it means. 43. No, I'm not 43. <laughs> <laughs> Many years. 30 yeah. years in church. And I have no idea what palvulos mean. Yeah. And that's just how they divided the yes. classes. But anyways, so I have a picture of that. Um, that that's the only reason why that's a memory. But my real like memory memory is like Elmana Lilian's class. Que en paz descanse la Elmana Lilian. She was like a very she was an anciana of the church. Um, very old school, uh, very strict. Mm. Um, and I remember, and it's kind of messed up, but I remember when I transferred out because I aged out of her class and um, went into whatever the next class is. I was very excited about it. Um, and to the to the to the point that it was very visible when i got the news that she felt bad that i did that in front of her kind of a situation um and you know i felt bad i had to apologize my parents yelled at me for doing that uh but that's my earliest um memory when it comes to reference to sunday school Lilian's class um but then after that you know obviously uh very similar to you like around the age of I would actually say before 18, but let's say 18 to be safe. I started teaching juveniles, which yeah. is like the preteens. Um, and then from there, from juveniles to jovenes. And that's where I was for many years teaching youth, which in our circles, that's anyone over anyone that hasn't been married and is over the age of 18. Se- 18? Yeah. So anyone over the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So it can range from people that were 18 to people that were 30 um that i taught and then now we're co-teachers for the english class so that's where we're at and it's been a great adventure i mean we just like very similar to you i also had a moment where i took a hiatus as well um but we came back and we decided to kind of like revamp a couple of things and bring forth a new curriculum and we spoke to our pastor about it and you know really like saw the need um in our church for like a young adults class um and that was english yeah specifically um because our church is bilingual yeah um and you know and i think that the 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 spanish group um kind of lends itself to a certain type of culture class culture learning right. culture and there was a need for an english side culture of that as well which we've been you know developing and tapping into um you know and i think it's been quite successful yeah um and you know and it's it continues the, to be i think it's just that idea that Again, there are so many people who, you know, get married young now in their 20s, yes. right? Yeah. And um, they kind of get moved to, like, the adult adult class. Yeah. And, you know, they're still, like, you know, freshly married or mm. just a few years married. And there's still things that, you know, they may not fully understand or want to, you know, find a little more relatable or just all of those things. or just even in touch with culture and the day-to-day mm. that, you know, a lot of times it can be missing, especially in the Spanish, you know, church yeah. community. It's almost like you go from being you know a youth and then you get married at you know 22 23 years old some people even younger Mm -hmm. right and then you automatically Automatically. go 
you know, with a group of guys or girls who, you know, are so much older than you, yes. right? So I think having that young adult that yeah, in the I middle, think, it's good. Yeah, and I think that culturally with our church specifically, we wind up having, I think there was a point, maybe a specific, maybe to when I, when I first when I got married and we came here where there were a lot more older people, but then it's somewhere around that time where I got married, a lot of younger adults, yeah. there was like this group that rose up, um, where, you know, it was uh, a group that little by little started to grow and we, there was a need for that, um, as well. And, you know, we just, it was something we spoke about. We thought about, uh, we spoke with pastors about, and it, it looks to be doing really good. And I think that that's a very important topic. Uh, that that whole moment in within itself is a very important subject where sometimes churches need to reevaluate the breakdown of what's happening classroom wise. Um, I think especially in Spanish culture, you know, we speak to we stick to these expositores and they're broken up by certain groups and stuff like that. Um, and sometimes you got to like pivot and you got to yeah. make changes according to the demographic within your church. You yeah. know, if the demographic within your church is leaning towards a certain age or a certain language or whatever it is, then you kind of have to like pivot and yeah. cater to those individuals. And even the needs of your church, right? Mm -hmm. Recognizing, um, you know, that there is probably a need for biblical literacy. Like yes. people don't know you know as much of the bible as maybe mm. they did years ago right for and whatever think, reason and i think it's it's important to note that there is meat that people haven't dived into in reference to stories yeah because you can ask people like currently we're just we're doing exodus or we're yeah. doing like the situation with you know right now they're at the red sea and pharaoh came and all of that or whatever you know those are stories that people know like mm -hmm. people know the concept and the idea that moses went to pharaoh let my people go and that whole situation and then the plays but when you start to dive into the details of the stories when you start to dive in like recently one of the classes we did was diving into the details of the plagues yeah. and how they were connected to the egyptian god and why specifically god chose those plagues to be the plagues that he used and like stuff like that which are details that people don't really dive into yeah or uh, even like how long the plagues lasted yes you know i think you think 10 plagues you think for yes. 10 days yeah and it wasn't like that you know this it lasted wasn't. a while and that that's a very important point because that was that specific thing came up in class because someone asked yeah someone was curious about the fact like but wait how long did all this happen and then we had to be like well let's find out let's yeah. look into it or whatever you know and i think that that aspect itself is what i've always loved about sunday school yeah the ability that you have in class to ask questions mm -hmm. to have dialogue to have debates to be like well i don't agree with that or you know what i saw i thought this or i thought that you know what one of the things that we were speaking about too was the idea of how the people of God at that moment lacked faith. When they saw Pharaoh coming with his people, they were so upset and they yeah. were ready to go back and they were mad at Moses. Like, Moses, how dare you take us out of here? We should have stood at slaves. And, you know, I think that a lot of times we really focus on the idea of, oh, they lacked faith. They lacked faith, even though they saw the plays, even though God saved them from this, even though they saw that they still lacked faith. And it was one of the people within the class that brought up the idea um, as well as that. Well, I think also you have to understand their mental state. You know, these were people that their whole life lived in a certain culture, yeah. which was a slave mentality culture, who that's all they've known this whole time. So that's why it's easy for them to default 
back into that. Yeah. That's a spiritual lesson that people need to learn and apply for themselves where there are signs that you in your personal life have had a certain culture that you grew up thinking, that you grew up learning, that when you meet yourselves with opposition or when you meet yourselves in moments of difficulty, that's your default. So a lot of time, it isn't only the fact that you're lacking faith, it's the fact that that's your default and that's a thing in you that God has to break and create something new in your position. Once again, something that came up in conversation yeah. in one of our classrooms um, as well. You know, And those are the things that I love because unfortunately, a lot of times those aren't the subjects and the matters. And we spoke about the idea of... Um, uh, um, what's the syndrome? Um, imposter? No, not no. imposter syndrome. Um, it's fine. It'll come back to me later. But the idea of that there is a psychological term with people that yes. when they're in captivity, that they start to love their captor and they start to love that. And, you know, we spoke about that as well. And I think that unfortunately during preachings, you don't have that flexibility. Yeah to ask the question and give an opinion and to be like, oh, pastor, did you think about this or whatever? Like yeah. that engagement part of it isn't there that uh, Bible studies or Sunday school does afford us, which is such a rich resource for us to tap into that I feel like people really underappreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that even there are just certain atmospheres or environments that aren't conducive to people feeling like the liberty to mm -hmm. ask questions, right? Um, so I think that's always important. I think we both agree in the sense of fostering an environment where people feel comfortable to speak up and share their opinion and share their thoughts, right? Um, and one Stockholm of, syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, yes, yeah. that's what it was. And uh, the idea, you know, as you were speaking earlier and talking about the Red Sea, these are all stories that we mm -hmm. assume we know. Yeah. We think we know Moses crossing the Red Sea. We think we know the plagues. We think we know, you know, the story of Moses. And then when you actually begin to read the mm -hmm. Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, you pick up on things that you're like, wait a minute. I just always thought it was this. Now reading it, it seems like it's that, you know, and yeah. I missed out on this one detail. You know what I mean? Like, I think people know that Moses, you know, encountered God in the burning bush. Mm. But now we went and broke that down in mm. every, you know, what did Moses tell God? What did God tell Moses? Mm. What did Moses give as an excuse to God? What did God, you know, say back to Moses? How did God respond? And I think that it's just so easy to get caught up in the story when we were a child that we heard yeah. of Moses in the burning bush, Moses crossing the sea, you know, the plagues. And we, it's easy to forget there's more to the story than just what we are aware of yes. or what we're knowledgeable about. Yeah. You have to dig deep. And that's one of the things that I think we've really been pushing in our class is the idea of when you read the Bible, when you look at these stories, it's so much more than just the surface level. Mm -hmm. Like you said, with the plagues, it's attached to the Egyptian gods. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like if you're just reading this just to read for face value, you know, you have to ask yourself questions. Why mm -hmm. is it that this was a plague? Mm -hmm. Why is it that there were this many plagues? Why is it that God chose to do these crazy things? Mm. Well, you begin to ask yourself questions. You begin to research. And it's great when you can do that on your own, yeah. but it's even better when you can do it with others, right? Mm. And I think that that's something that Sunday school or Bible study, whatever you call it, it provides that mm -hmm. the opportunity for you to get with other people and discuss these things. Yeah. You know, if you're anything like me, a lot of times, you know, you have to talk things out when you talk things out. It sticks better when you yes. talk things out. It processes better. You come up with things and you're like, whoa, like, you know, that just came to me at this moment, like kind of as I was talking about it. And sometimes it's important to do that. You can read the word on your own. And yes, do that. Absolutely. But there are benefits to actually talking about it 
it with somebody else yep. and learning. So I think when it comes to Bible study and Bible class and Sunday school, it's super important. And I think that, like you said, it offers something that you may not get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, an opportunity to ask a question, an opportunity, you know, to see how the Bible is still relevant mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And that's one of the things that when I teach, I always try to put that in the forefront because it's so easy to look at the Bible as just another book. It's so easy to look at the Bible as just a book of stories and forget the power that lies in that word. Mm -hmm. And I think that oftentimes we look at this Bible, we read the stories and it's like, yeah, that was Paul so many years ago. Yeah, that was Jesus when he was on earth. Yeah, that's Moses so many years ago back in, you know, Genesis and Exodus and all these things. And it's like, yes, stories happened many years ago. These things were written down many years ago, but it is still relevant today. And that's one thing where books can come and go and books can, you know, be for a specific time and specific error. The Bible is one of those timeless books Mm. where, you know, someone could have picked it up a hundred years ago, could have picked it up, you know, now could pick it up in 50 years and they'll still be able to read the life of Moses. Yeah. Right. And relate to it and, and dig deep. And it may not be so easy. It may not be, you know, Mm. we're not confronted with red seas all the times in our life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. But now what does that mean for the, you know, metaphoric red sea that's in front of you and the situation that you are facing? Absolutely. And I think one of the the things that we consciously made the decision to do um, was to do it chronologically you know, start from Genesis and go all the way through the Bible. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of times when you have these like these books that you're using that's kind of like jumping around that is topical, you know, so this to this Sunday, they're talking about this next Sunday, they're talking about that. You know, you kind of lose the ability to connect the story. You know, and when we start from the beginning and we're going all the way through it and now we find ourselves in Exodus and we're trying to figure out why is like, how is this person connected to that person is easier to draw the line. You know, because I remember we end Josh, um, we end uh, Genesis with Joseph and that whole story with his brothers and all of that or whatever. And then we start Exodus with Moses is like what's the connection is there a connection is there a relationship whatever there is there's a whole connection there's a genealogy that you can see who how exactly moses is connected of joseph but when you're jumping around and you're doing like things like that or whatever topically sometimes it's that much more difficult to really focus on the details and see where the connections are because throughout the whole bible there's a lineage that we're following yeah the minute adam and eve happen all the way through to jesus there's a lineage but it's difficult to keep track of that when you're bouncing around with the way that certain and books are like that yeah and um, i think that goes you know to talk about the curriculum yes. where curriculum matters you know yes. curriculum matters but then you also need the right teacher to you know deliver that curriculum right yes but curriculum is a great tool um and you know we're using the gospel project mm-hmm. and we're literally going through the bible right yeah. so like you said we started in genesis and it broke it down and i think about like 13 weeks mm-hmm. right and then now we're in exodus and it's literally just going through genesis through revelation and well almost joked (laughs) it's one of those things where you think you know Mm -hmm. the story Mm -hmm. and you think you know and then you start reading it and you're like wow yeah like even just starting from genesis 1 and the creation it's Mm -hmm. like there's so much more in there that sometimes we just bypass you know so i think that was another thing when we decided you know to do this and we said yes you know to doing this i think it was okay, how are we going to present these books of the Bible and these stories Mm -hmm. that almost everyone knows, Mm -hmm. you know? And that can be a challenge in of itself, you know? Yeah, because you're breaking down that 
you know, that that thought when people are like, okay, we're going to speak about Genesis and we're starting with the creation. Oh, I already know it. It was seven days on the seventh day he rested. And, and it's like, yeah, but you don't. You don't really know it. You know, you don't really understand because there is a depth that when it comes to the Bible that a lot of times we don't take the time to really cultivate and learn and listen and, you know, read into that revelation that's in the Bible because sometimes we don't have the time for it or we don't know how to. We don't really understand yeah. how to do that. Um, but And I think that's a big thing. The, yes. the, the not understanding, not mm-hmm. knowing. And there's, you know, there's so many different versions of the Bible. So if mm-hmm. you struggle to read the Bible, period, and then you go and grab the King James Version, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for yeah. you. That's going to be miserable, you know? So it's yes. also just keeping all those different things in mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when, with the tool that is Sunday school, yeah, and you have a great teacher, an effective teacher, a teacher that knows how to break down a biblical situation, but also knows how to tie in 2022 scenarios where this is applicable. It just becomes that much more easier for you to understand and make the connection. Um, You know, when you have a teacher who can focus on in the details that are important and the details that are meaningful and the details that if you did not stop to reread that verse, you missed it. And it's kind of like, no, but let's go back. Let's read that. What's the significance? And I do this a lot in my class as well, where I'm like, okay, what's the significance uh, significance of Genesis to this or Exodus 3, that or whatever. And we have conversations on that because there's a lot of verses is a couple of words, seven words that has a lot of information in it or has a lot of purpose that dictates what happens moving forward that a lot of we just glance right over it because it's just a little sentence to that to the blind eye doesn't mean anything and we kind of have to like we're teaching people like how to pause and cultivate the idea of okay but dig into that why do you think god worded it that way or why did you think he chose that word or that verbiage or that this or that that um and it just helps you really like listen we've been teachers i've been teaching for many many years and throughout we started this back in um june was it i think a little bit before um Let's, but let's, let's to yeah. be safe, let's say June or whatever, that there's been times where I've sat down and like, you know what? I've never even, yeah. I never looked at it like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I really, honestly, I never noticed that detail. I yep. never noticed this. I never noticed that. So as you, as the teacher, I'm also learning. I'm also like grabbing these nuggets as well that I'm like, oh, snap. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, that's a concept or that's an idea that I really always glanced over and never really took the time to like focus on it yeah and it's just you know things that also sound crazy like there Mm -hmm. was that part with moses wife Mm -hmm. and the whole circumcision thing she cuts (laughs) the foreskin throws it right Uh, like you know all of those details that you're probably like oh like those are the parts of the bible that you read through really quick some people you know (laughs) or you're just like uh okay you know but then when you actually go and dig Mm -hmm. deep right Mm -hmm. which we're not going to do right now so that's like you know the let the curiosity lead you to go to research go right yeah, but yeah. it's the idea of even that moment mm-hmm. meant something yeah. and that was something honestly i never even remember reading mm-hmm. you know i remember reading the concept right yes. but actually reading it's a small paragraph you know uh i never really sat down to read it word for word and process it mm-hmm. and then when you do and then you start researching and seeing like what that moment meant yeah it's powerful so i think again it's just you have to be intentional with what you do. And even us as mm-hmm. teachers, we all the time, there are things that we don't know the answer mm-hmm. to that we're like, you know, I don't know, but we'll find out, mm-hmm. you know? And it's one of those things where 
you know, creating that environment as well, where we really don't have all the answers and we don't have all the answers to the questions that you have and all, you know, of all the right things. Right. Mm -hmm. But just like the students, we as teachers have our own way of trying to research as well and trying yes. to study and trying to learn. And there are things that we'll stop and ask ourselves questions and we'll stop and we'll discuss like, why do you, what do you think about this? Mm. And you know, why do you think that happened? And I think that's so important. You know, you have to ask questions, yeah. you know, as you read the word and as you study the word. And it's just something that again, when you have an environment and an atmosphere that's, you know, conducive to that, it's it's really great and mm. you'll feel it, you know. Mm. Um, so I just encourage you if your church has a Bible study or Sunday school and you haven't attended. Right. Or you don't, you know, really see the, nece- the the need for it. Right. Or don't feel feel like you're not getting anything out of it. Give it a try. Yeah. You know, and maybe you could be that individual if you just feel like just certain things need to be, you know, adjusted and mm-hmm. changed. Maybe you could be that individual to bring that about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you are a student or whatever that's in these classes and have a suggestion, share it, you know, speak on it, you know, whether it is that you think that the material that's being used should be changed. You know, sometimes people just go straight off the Bible. Yeah. Um, And the Bible is amazing and the Bible is great. But sometimes you need a resource to accompany that. Maybe something that'll help you break down certain chapters or something that will provide you with certain questions that are thought provoking and allow you to dig deeper and stuff like that. Like that's important, too. So like finding a really good curriculum um, that is really good at breaking down the Bible, but also, like I said before, connecting it to relevancy and what's happening in the world today or what people are experiencing in the world today, I think is very important as well. Because unfortunately, when you don't use those resources and those tools, it becomes very monotone. You know, especially when you have somebody that's just reciting a story and it's kind of like, yeah, well, we know that already. Like, that's just a yeah. waste of time. Like, I, yeah. I already know that Jonah got swallowed yeah. by a, a, a big fish. fish. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that there are feelings, too, that uh, you have to work through and process yeah. because there are there may be that may be the attitude. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have to sometimes check yourself and yes. make sure it's like, OK. Let me look at this with a fresh perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and there are moments where the teacher maybe may not be giving, you know, 100 percent or be as effective as maybe you would want, mm-hmm. you know, or we know that in a classroom there's visual learners and mm-hmm. auditory learners, different types of learn, you know, learners in the room. It's like, you know, what can you do to then help or what yes. can you do to suggest? What can you mm-hmm. do to change that? I'm a firm believer that if you are really interested in something, that if you really have a passion for something and you want to see change, you can help implement that change. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can try and you can, you know, do your part Mm -hmm. to help make that change happen. And I think that comes something as simple as coming to the class prepared. Yeah. If you feel like maybe the conversation isn't like really going in a deeper level in a way that it's supposed to whatever, then go to the next class prepared, ready, studied up, have a list of questions that you want to ask and throw out there, not only to the teacher, but also to the people in the class to make it more engaging. You don't have to be the teacher to be an active participant in the class obviously you know you don't want to be stepping over those toes and teaching right. the class on the down low um in front of the teacher but there's ways that you can go and make the class more dynamic you know if you're just complaining about it but you don't come prepared you don't read the material you don't even participate in the classroom then i feel like then you don't have a right 
to feel a certain type of way about it because you're not an active participant. Yeah. Become an active participant. Try to engage. Try to drive the con- the conversation and the class to go in a certain direction. And then that is contagious. Yeah, Other people absolutely. will feel will feel more free to give an opinion. Other people will feel more free to ask a question. The teacher will know, like, you know what? The, these these students, they're not playing. Like, yeah. I need to make sure I come to the next class, you know, more prepared or more with my own questions and stuff like that. And it'll have a domino ripple effect that will affect everybody positively. Yeah. And it's funny. One thing you told me when we started, when we were looking at the curriculum, um, it's a four-year curriculum. So yeah. it takes four years for you to go through the Bible. And we mm. were talking about, like, you know, the different books and the curriculum, you know, and happening in two years and three years. And you had said a comment. You said, yes. Um, but I hope that I'm not teaching mm-hmm. I'm not by then. I'm not yes. expecting to still be the teacher in four yes. years. And at first I was kind of like, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, we're getting into this together. You need yeah. to finish this, right? <laughs> you know, but it was yeah. the idea that you said, hopefully, you know, someone steps up. Yes. Right. So I think it's teaching from the mentality as well. Like, yeah. let's teach and let's pour into people and learn mm-hmm. together in the hopes of one day, then you could do this. Yes. And one day you could lead a group and one day you could be a teacher you know for right now we can have one adult english class right Mm -hmm. there may become a time where we have to split it up because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. so then what are we going to do then we may Mm -hmm. need another teacher we may Mm -hmm. need two or three other people you know to do this so i think as a teacher as well when you are leading your bible group study or you're leading your small group the hope is to train and disciple other people to Mm -hmm. eventually become equipped and ready to teach as well yeah, and I think a very important tool that we use is visuals. You know, I know that you use visuals a little bit differently than I do, but I like to present my class in a way that people, if they're paying attention, understand how I break it down. You know, there's a visual for a question. There's a visual for I put up the actual Bible verses. I break it down. I bring illustrations in. I bring a graph if a graph is needed or whatever, because as I am teaching, I am hoping that people are bring, are picking up on the skills on if I ever have to teach, what is it that I'm supposed to yeah. do? Bam. There you go. And That's I'm glad what you need to pick I'm up I'm glad on. that you said the difference that I use visuals differently. Yeah. Right? Because, <laughs> um, because last week i think it was you know we have this joke about Uh like showing movies and stuff right Uh because i've showed the prince of egypt as we're talking about exodus a few times Uh already so i was showing it again last week clips yes but it's just funny how because last week when you know i showed like four different clips Mm -hmm. and it was almost like okay this is what prince of egypt says now Mm -hmm. we're going to compare to what the bible says so we played certain clips and we saw how they use creative license or how they did certain things like in the prince of egypt when moses got to the red sea Mm -hmm. um you know the pillar of fire first Mm -hmm. appears in that moment to separate Pharaoh from the Israelites Mm -hmm. in the Bible that Mm -hmm. pillar of fire and cloud was Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. from the beginning Mm -hmm. right and it wasn't the pillar of fire that separated them Mm -hmm. it was the pillar of smoke the cloud Mm -hmm. that caused them not to be able to see and the fire was actually in front of the Israelites Mm -hmm. lighting their path Mm-hmm. So they reversed it, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there wasn't and the, even the movie doesn't cloud. even make an reference to the angel of God that was there, right? And so that moved those, from the front to the, to the back. back. Yeah, and so. all those little details that you know, Prince of Egypt is an amazing movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But now, when once you study the Bible, it's always mm-hmm. good to be like, yo, let's compare it to that movie that you know mm-hmm. was breaking records and all these different things at the time, and let's see what they got right and what they just you know switched mm-hmm. up a bit. So visuals is very important as well, yeah. you know, and how you use it. 
it. But I think basically what we're saying in conclusion is <laughs> get to Sunday school, get to yes. Bible study, yeah. enroll in a small group, do something yeah. where you are around other people reading the Bible, learning and talking about the Bible. Yeah, I mean, listen, and I think that if you don't, obviously you can tell we're very passionate. We have a lot to say uh, about it. And I think that if you feel that currently you're like, oh, that's a whack. Bible studies whack. Sunday school's whack or whatever. It really is because you haven't found the right setting, whether it is the right teacher to student ratio setting, the right culture, the right whatever. There's something about it that you haven't found that you really relate to. So make it your mission to figure that out. Whether it is, you know, you have to, whether it's the curriculum that needs yeah. to change, whether it's the teaching style that needs to change whether it's the language maybe you're in a spanish class and you need to be in an english class you have to figure it out because when it comes to actual like sunday school and bible study i personally find it so fun when it's done right when it's the right teachers when is when everybody's engaging and everybody has questions and everybody is really like interested in the subject matter i it's really fun for me and i could be a nerd for that but honestly i've learned so much and it's so beneficial for me on a spiritual like individual level when we have those classes that are popping like that so it's really a resource that is at everybody's disposal you just really have to figure out the formula that works for you and the people in your church absolutely so get involved do something be a part of a change be a part of what's happening right you may just be missing out and it may be an awesome you know program and an awesome class that you're just missing out on so yeah. we hope that this conversation has blessed you encouraged you motivated you gotten you started on your day in the middle of your day maybe ended your day and we just uh, hope that you subscribe so that you can be tuned in to every episode you can listen to us on apple spotify anchor watch us on youtube subscribe to us on there and you can find us on facebook and instagram at god life culture podcast so thank you so much for tuning in and just coming week after week to listen to these conversations conversations and be blessed so thank you once again for tuning into the god life culture podcast that's god, god life culture. culture until next time see ya bye